are listening to the End Around Podcast. I am Matt Tabeek, joined with Will McFadden and Kelsey Conway. We are at Mercedes-Benz Stadium. The Falcons rolled over the Panthers today, 40-20. to Lots to talk about. A lot of good things happened today as they picked up their fourth win of the season, improving to 4-9 on the year. And uh, let's just get right to it, guys. Let's just talk about, uh, you know, there's a lot of different aspects of this game we can talk about, but I'm just going to kick it right to you, Will. Uh, you know, what stood out to you? And uh, I know you, you guys, each of you talked to different people after the game. So let's just jump in there. I know uh, you got a couple stories on AtlantaFalcons.com, one about Young Way Koo. Yeah. Uh, and he had, he had a day. You want to kick it over to me? Well, let's start with the kicker himself, Boom. Young Way Koo. Perfect four for four on Talk field goals. Perfect four for four on extra points. But perhaps the biggest play of the day was his recovery of a fumble on the kickoff. That was a lot of fun. It was a lot of fun. He said that he blacked out and doesn't really remember that. And uh, <laughs> I, saw, I saw that comment. I was like, did he really say yeah. that? I can, I can relate a little bit. You know, I never played football at a high level, but from my high school days, mm. I have distinct memories of having the ball in your hands, and you're like, I don't know what the heck just happened, but something good happened today for Youngway. And he actually got the ball after the game. An official came up to him. You know, met on the field when they kind of do the post-game handshakes and gave him the ball. I asked him about it after the game. He said that's going right on the mantle, as it should, because he made a heck of a play. Uh, Dan Quinn said before this game, kind of in the week leading up, a big emphasis for them was going to be ending up in the plus in the turnover margin. And they did that. They put a big step forward in that department today. And and Youngway, I mean, he's played really well since he's been here with the Falcons, and it's really great to see. Yeah, I want to give a shout-out to the Atlanta Falcons uh, social media team, too, because if you haven't been to the Falcons' Twitter feed today or at all during the game, please go and look at all the coup, uh, coup tweets because they're pretty funny. Can we make cuckoo for cuckoo puffs a thing, or is that lame? <laughs> I love it. I actually tried to find a little baby Yoda meme and then like i wanted to find the close caption where it would say like coo softly and put it or something and just yeah, yeah. Maybe, we need to maybe we can make the cuckoo for cuckoo puffs uh, a shirt or something i kind of like that we're all going cuckoo over coo all um, right let us know if you like that falcons fam and yeah. also today the uh the defense had a day too they really uh, did and it was it was good uh to see vic beasley devondre mm-hmm. campbell has been has had a sneaky quiet Pretty good season. Uh, he made plays today, and Demonte Casey, and the whole lot. Yeah, the the pass rush really stepped up. Had five sacks. Devondre Campbell kicked things off, but both Tack McKinley and Vic Beasley got in there with two sacks apiece. Both of Vic's uh, sacks were strip sacks. Uh, they recovered one of them. Tyler Davidson jumped on it, and then that led to Devonte Freeman's first touchdown run of the season. But their pressure throughout the game on Kyle Allen did play a big role in DeMonte Casey getting his two picks that played a big role in a lot of pass breakups so I mean that that's what you talk about when you want to see it's the reason why they put so much emphasis on the pass rush because it can really impact all levels of the defense not just up front but also on the back end real quick Kelsey real quick Will when's the last time we had a a Falcons game where two defenders had two at least two sacks I don't know the answer New Orleans Probably, probably New Orleans. Let's look it up. Maybe, uh, I mean, maybe the last time they played Carolina, right? They had but six, five sacks in that game as well. I'm going to say New Orleans. So okay, I'm pretty I'll sure look it up. But case. it point is, is it hasn't happened enough this year. 
Right, right. Because before that New Orleans game, I, I think you look back until probably last season was the last time that happened. It was good to see that see that go down. I'm I'm looking at the New Orleans game, but yeah, I just wanted yeah. to just interject that because, and uh, also KZ had a couple picks today too. Right throughout the game, I mean, th- this and Dan Quinn said afterwards, it felt like the most complete win. You know, we talked about Young Waku's impact on special teams. Talk about, you know, the offense kind of getting things going. And I know Kelsey will touch on that in a, in a minute. But defensively, they really kind of set the tone. And this this had the feel of some weird low-scoring game. But the Falcons felt like they were oh, taking yeah. control early, early when on. it was 3-3 three to three, and then it was 10-10. to 10. But it, it always seemed like the Falcons were in control of the game. And I put that on the defense because the defense, I think more so in football, defense sets the tone than maybe any other position group. And Will, they were are you doing coming so. around? Are you coming around to uh, – <laughs> I, still, I still like seeing 40 on the board, Matt. But, okay. But you can the do defense that with did, a, a, did a really good job kind of setting the tone here early. And they've played well outside of the Tampa Bay game since the bye week. They've played really well. I know New Orleans won last week, but I didn't put that so much on the defense. I think the defense did a good job, and they carried that over again today. Well, I think there's two common themes in that pass rush has been significantly better since the bye and since the bye I don't right. think it's being talked about enough but DeMonte Casey moving back to safety has yep. been huge for this defense he looks so comfortable in that mm-hmm. center field role I mean that second interception that he had when Kyle Allen just threw it because the dude was open he was open mm-hmm. but it was such a a deep pass Kyle had to throw it kind of off his back foot and it just hung up there and you saw as soon as the ball left his hand Casey boom broke on it yeah undercut yeah. it made the he's such a good center fielder it nickel cornerback Ricardo Allen said it's one of the hardest positions to play and for Casey to have just been moved back there Mm -hmm. in the time in the short time he did um it just seems like he's so much better suited to be a safety in his defense his instincts Mm -hmm. when the ball's in the air or even when it's about to be I mean his first interception when it just kind of got tipped up he's got the wherewithal even when he's around the ball and when plays need to be made he just seems to have great instincts to make those plays and as you get closer to the line of scrimmage in that nickel corner role those kind of rangy ball hawk instincts kind of go away a little bit because you're locked in on your guy and it becomes more about lateral movement and agility and speed and he's got all of those but I think his best asset by far is just his natural instincts to go make a play so uh that Saints game we were talking about Mm mm-hmm Grady had two and a half sacks, but Vic had one and a half. So oh. uh, I'll keep looking as we <laughs> as we talk here. Kelsey, what I know you talked to uh, we'll talk. You talked to Freeman after the game. We're gonna I'm gonna bring him up later on. But I know you talked to uh, uh, there was a couple things you wanted to touch on. Alameda, but also Chris Lindstrom. Yeah. So uh, I Finally, think obviously right? the highlight of the day was Olamide's 93-yard touchdown play, which not only set an NFL record for longest first catch, it also is the third longest touchdown play in franchise history and Matt Mm -hmm. Ryan's longest. And I thought the funniest thing about it was Matt Ryan said, on a day where the Falcons are honoring Roddy White, because Roddy White had previously held the record for Matt's longest touchdown pass, he said, Olamide, you – you stole Roddy's thunder. <laughs> but um, it was awesome to see that from Alameda. And, you know, Matt, Will, and I have been talking about Alameda all throughout the preseason and training so, camp. Too, and, yeah, okay, well, us, I, mean, I feel like fair. we talked about him a lot. Um, <laughs> he made some eye-popping plays in the preseason. Yep. And the coolest thing about it is the – 
he's one of the most quiet players on the team. Being yeah. in the locker room, he doesn't say a whole lot. He's very, very quiet, keeps to himself. But it was funny when the media was huddled around his locker after the game, Russell Gage and Christian Blake sitting next to him were like helping him get dressed. And they were like, OZ, this is your chance. Like this yep. is your opportunity. And they're like kind of like brushing stuff off of his shirt. It was just really cool to see those guys kind of like rally around yep. him because, you know, he's not – he sees the crowd around Julio Jones's locker every single day. And finally, you know, all these people were trying to talk to him. And that, that was just a really cool thing to see. And then – you know, you briefly brought up Chris Lindstrom, but finally, uh, yeah, it was good to see him finally, out there finally, today. Finally. And you could definitely, you could definitely see his presence on the offensive line. Mm-hmm. DQ said, you know, they were kind of going to have him on a pitch count um, just because he's been out for so long. They didn't know from a conditioning standpoint how many snaps he'd be able to take. But uh, you could tell his presence was definitely noted. And Matt Ryan was very um, positive about his play, saying, you know, he thought he did a really, really good job. Well, I'm going to agree with you that Zacchaeus' <laughs> play was the highlight of the day during the game. But the highlight of the day had to be Roddy White going into the Agreed. Ring of Honor. Um, it's almost, I, you know, it was a cool moment for him. And you realize, too, this past week, watching all the highlights and watching all the interviews, I talked to Matt Helmerich of uh, Johns Creek, who uh, Roddy coaches that team twice a week during the week and then on Friday nights and has brought Julio to practice, has brought Calvin Ridley to practice, has brought Devante Freeman to practice uh, or to, to games and stuff like that. And it's been really cool to see his impact with those those players, yeah. uh, you know, especially off the field. And the Is one Roddy going to bring you to practice next, Matt? You know what? I hope. But uh, I'll tell you what, uh, Helmerich, though, was – Speaking of which, he came from Fort Lauderdale, so we were talking. He was at St. Thomas Aquinas, mm-hmm. a national powerhouse, um, and uh, he's building a pretty good program here at Johns Creek. But my point is is that the one thing that kept coming up about Roddy during the week, Kelsey, when you talked to him and when Matt Ryan talked about him, when Julio talked about him, and then you know the high school kids and, and, and the coaches, and they, that team was here today, by the way, um, the one cool thing that comes up about Roddy is the impact he makes with people off the field. You know, he has fun. He has that electric smile. He's contagious, his personality. But when it comes time to show up, he shows up. You know, Rich McKay in the one interview talked about how he's kind of like Julio. You know, you, it's, it's amazing how quick he bounced back from so many injuries and the impact he made. And, you know, um, I wrote a column about it. You want to check it out on AtlantaFalcons.com. But in looking back at his career – it, he may have played during the best five-year run in franchise history as far as wins on the field and what they accomplished. And he was a, he was a key cog in that. And so and pl- it's so cool to hear players today talking about the impact. And I know you sat down with them, uh, Kelsey, this week. But, man, it was, just, it was great to see that. I wish more people were here in, this, in the stadium today. Um, that was the only thing that kind of – in watching it, you know, you look around, but uh, mm-hmm. it was cool to see him, Rich, and, and Thomas, and, and, and especially the owner, Mr. Blank, uh, on the stage with him and him getting his his 84 and his name I don't know if you guys ones. heard uh, his speech through the glass windows, but I was um, – we had a funny moment standing near the um, open window <laughs> and in classic Roddy White fashion. Yeah. He's doing a speech. 
and he's thanking everyone and he thanks Arthur Blank and then he thanks Rich McKay for drafting him and then he looks at Thomas and he goes thank you for everything and then he goes thank you for paying me a lot of money with that big <laughs> grin on his face. And I was like, if that's not the most rotty way totally. comment, yeah. but he's just so endearing and you can't help but laugh and smile. If, if you even spend 30 seconds with him. So yeah. that was, it was really, really awesome to see him get that red jacket today. And, and the posters that, um, if Falcons out. fans that weren't there today, uh, they gave away posters that said thank you, Roddy, um, to every fan that was here today. And it was just really cool to see the Falcons honor just such a good player for this franchise. Yeah, and you, you could f- always feel his energy and his enthusiasm you know, reverberate around the locker room. But there's an aspect of his specific style of play. And, you know, obviously everybody during his career talked about his wrestling career, former wrestler, really physical player. And that carried over onto the field in a way that, you know, the run blocking – for this team, you know, when Michael Turner was here and, and they were having such success on the, on the ground, Roddy White was a big part of that. And it, that kind of legacy of taking pride in run blocking, and Terry Rubisky, the former receivers coach, always kind of preached that. But that's carried on with Julio. You know, I think having a young Julio Jones learning from a guy like Roddy White and Roddy saying, no, you know, your job is not just to catch balls. You're a part of every single play. And we've seen Julio become one of the better run-blocking wide receivers in the league. I think that's a testament to Roddy White and what he was able to do and say, no, you don't just come out here and catch passes. You make an impact on every single play. Yeah, Matt Helmerich, when I was – because he was down in South Florida, and there's a lot of ex-NFL players that live down there, and there's a lot of NFL players that think they can coach because they played in the league who mm-hmm. can't coach. <laughs> and, um, and that's one thing he learned early on, but – the one thing that stood out, I said, so what stood out? Why, why did you roll the dice or why did you think Roddy was going to make an impact? He said, when you listen to Michael Jenkins, when you listen to Julio Jones, when you listen to all these players say that Roddy White taught me how to be a pro, mm-hmm. he said, I knew that he, he was going to help my kids yep. be better football players. And so, and they've gone, they've gone from three wins their first year in 17, nine wins, 10 wins last year. Um, and, you know, in a transient community like they, we have here we're in this day and age where a lot of high school kids transfer to different schools to be with different coaches yep. or for more playing time. You know, he has a situation where because Roddy is there, kids want to play for him. Kids want to be coached by him. The opposing teams after games come up and want to shake hands. Yeah. He says he's never seen anything like it. So quickly, it's are you pretty pro cool. or anti-transfer portal, Matt? I don't want to get into. I've written a lot of stories about this. I think a lot of people. I don't want to get into it. I, <laughs> there are a lot of people that that fake divorces, oh, have Jesus. have uh, fake addresses. I've I've exposed. I won a press award for this. I, I exposed a couple of coaches back in West Virginia. Um, I love it. But anyway. You brought up run blocking, and I think it's a perfect segue, too, to talk about number 24, Devontae Freeman. Mm-hmm. He had a great day. And you know what? He, there were a couple penalties negated. Yeah. Uh, some, But he finished up with 17 carries for 84 yards. He had right. a touchdown. His longest run, though, yeah, you're right, got called back. Right. And uh, it was good to see. They ran the ball pretty well today, 32 times for 160 yards, 159 yards. Um, it was good to see Freeman get the ball and uh, – yeah, Keekly had his arm on him one time, and he would have busted that one. Uh, I forget what quarter it was. But uh, Free had a good day. It was good to see. 
Um, His first Brian rushing Hill touchdown Brian Hill since nice 2017. Too. That is a long time. Yeah, if you think about he it, games. he missed a lot of games, and you know they just haven't had the success. And when I interviewed him following the game, um, you guys can check out that interview on AtlantaFalcons.com. Devontae Freeman kind of downplayed when I said, you know how to feel to get back in the end zone? He said, I'm just blessed. And I think, you know, you can't help but root for a guy like Devontae mm-hmm. Freeman. And it was fun to watch Caleb McGarry pick him up in the end zone. It's like we had missed being able to see that from Devontae Freeman yeah. in the end zone. And it just it, – it's a cool thing to see. I well, you know, up. I made a comment. Go ahead, Will. Sorry, real quick. Real quick I, I looked it up during the game, and the, this is the most rushing yards he's ever had against the Carolina Panthers. Really? Yeah. Well, that's I, a you, stat. Wouldn't, you wouldn't think that that would be the case, mm-hmm. you know, especially with those – defense, though. But especially with those teams like, you know, in 2016 or yep. when it seemed like every week he and Tevin were kind of running for 100 yards yeah. or whatever. But, yeah, I think his previous high was like 73 yards, and that was in 2014, mm-hmm. 15. Uh, but, yeah, 84 yards today. It's a new, new career high against Panthers. Well, were you, while you guys were gushing over Zacchaeus in the preseason, that's why I said that, you two were, I was gushing over Brian Hill. Mm-hmm. And Brian Hill, oh, by the way, today, averaged almost seven yards a carry. And uh, had 62 yards on nine totes and a touchdown run. So I love how he puts his shoulder down. He's a north-south kind of guy, and he's got that gear. Um, It was just good to see that run game You know what the biggest difference in the run game today was? Remember when DQ said on Monday that these next four games, they really wanted to get the run game more efficient, and he said it's going to come down to getting to that second level. Yep. And today it was so nice to see Devontae able to get past that first level of blocks and, you know, to actually have some space. For as for as well as Devontae ran, the offensive line did a great job opening up holes. I mean, he, he was able to get to that second level pretty easily. And, yeah, I mean, I, it's you, Wes Schweitzer was also in there. So, uh, you know, two new additions, Chris Lindstrom and Wes Schweitzer, both at the, the guards. You know, oh, no. I, and Matt Gono also was rotating in there with Lindstrom. They kind of wanted to give him – they wanted to make sure that Chris, you know, gets his conditioning back. So it, they had a little bit of a rotation going on there at right guard. But, yeah, you got to give it up for the offensive line today. They played really well. We saw a little bit of quad, Quadri Allison today too, though the results weren't really there. He had uh, four carries for six yards, but at least he, he got He's some reps. Game. He got some reps. Mm-hmm. And so that's been the one thing from a lot of fans. I know I hear all the time, we want to see Allison – well, you saw him for four carries today. He didn't really put up the big numbers, but he's getting reps. Um, the defensive side, you know Christian McCaffrey's going to get his. He did again he did. today. 11 catches for 82 yards. But yeah, they it's it's a controlled kind of chaos well, with him. They 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 for two games this year. They, mm-hmm. He's gotten his yards, but he hasn't been like he hasn't hurt him. So I asked uh, Panthers interim coach Perry Fuel about that this week. I said, you know, in these games historically, Christian McCaffrey is gotten a lot of yardage how do you make sure that that yardage doesn't turn out to be empty calories and he really kind of put it on the rest of the team he said look Christian can't do it all by himself we need other people to step up he said that in the in yeah in the interview this and, week earlier mm-hmm. this week yeah yep, yeah, but yeah yeah that's what the interview I'm talking about and, yeah and basically just put it on the rest of the guys that they need to step up because in these games Christian McCaffrey has never been the problem and he wasn't again today but Panthers just didn't have enough else working I think this is a perfect time for my Weekly Pro Bowl plug for Grady Jarrett. Because oh, yeah. who was right there to shut down Christian Your McCaffrey weekly. today? Grady Jarrett. We're going on, what, two weeks now? Yeah. Uh, I, he I is, wrote about Grady this, this past week. You can go check that out as well. Yeah, he is. Uh, 
without a doubt, the mo most consistent player on defense. And he is, you know, week in and week out, he is there. Mm -hmm. He's he signed his deal, and he has shown up in a big way. Um, just to further support that, Fal the uh, Falcons held the Panthers to three and three of ten on third yep. down was huge. Now five of twenty over the past two games. And forced four turnovers and didn't turn the ball over today, which was good. Mm -hmm. um, cheat. It, it, see, good things happen when when we can get turnovers. Um, and so, yeah, four zero is good to see. And uh, time of possession outdid him there, and four hundred sixty one yards of total offense today. Okay, so nice. I want to real quick. I want to go back to just Alameda. Um you know, something, and I, I think Kelsey may have been in this press conference too, but I, I asked DQ kind of near roster cuts when they're making those decisions, and they build out the practice squad. And I said, you know, what, what do you look for in a player to go on to the practice squad? And he really said traits. You know, it, it's just kind of you can't teach speed, you can't teach size. If you got a guy on your team or on your roster that maybe isn't there yet technique-wise, but you, he's got just rare speed or rare size or rare strength or something like that, you keep him around. That's what they did with Olamide, and I think we saw that rare speed on display today. And we and they've got guys like Christian Blake and, and players like that. This is, I, you know, I know they traded Mohamed Sanu, and so their top three maybe took a little bit of a hit. But with guys like Russell Gage and Christian Blake and now Olamide emerging, there's some young receivers on this team to be excited about. Yeah, I really like Christian Blake. I think he's really done a lot a lot more than Zacchaeus. So it was good to see Zacchaeus mm -hmm. show up today. Uh, but I really like what Blake has done, and I really like – uh, what Russell Gage is doing too. I think he is just a tough, gritty player. Um, so yeah, it's 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 a tough lineup to crack. It's a tough. It's, there's only so many balls to go around when you got Austin Hooper and Julio mm -hmm. and Ridley and those guys. Hooper but made his return today. But it was good. Um, so let's take a quick spin around the NFC South. You know the the Buccaneers won today, 38-35. Shootout. Six and seven. They are. You know what? And we were talking about this before the podcast. Tampa Bay. It's amazing. They've been in so many games this year, and just they've lost a lot of close games. But here they are, 6-7. and seven, And then the Saints, obviously, uh, in probably the most exciting game yeah. of the day. We they all want to go back and watch that game. Mm. <laughs> they, they lost. I'm sorry, I didn't say they beat. They lost to uh, the Niners on a last-second uh, field goal. Um, so they fall to 10-3. and three, But, uh, yeah, thoughts, thoughts on uh, – because I bring it up, too, because – the Falcons are heading west. They they go mm -hmm. to Levi Stadium and see Kyle Shanahan and some former teammates this week. Thoughts on the South? Thoughts on that game? Uh, 49ers are a really good football team. <laughs> uh, <is my laughs> this just in. My overall thought. <laughs> wow. Um, well, you know, I know they allowed a lot of points to the Saints today, but they've got a really good defense. Uh, generally, they usually run the ball really well. They've got you know Raheem Mostert. I think led the way for them today, but. 49ers are a really complete team. And, and Jameis Winston, actually, is he like kind of the heir apparent to, to Brett Favre as far as just a gunslinger mentality? Because wow, he got benched believe. at one point today. Hey, just for well, a gunslinger apparently mentality. Apparently it was for an injury. Right, uh, mm, but okay. he got he got don't please, Just today. do me one favor. Don't ever mention Jameis Winston and Brett Favre in the same sentence I mean, again. Brett Favre would throw his fair share of picks as well. Brett Favre. Okay, see, because – you're talking to somebody that just adored and loved Brett Favre, and mm -hmm. he's a Hall of Famer. I'm not saying Jameis is a Hall of Famer, man. I'm just saying he's yeah. got that gunslinger mentality. I'm just happy that we don't work for the Bucks, so that we can, you know, that, that's got to be challenging to be a Buccaneers fan because you just see so much 
positives from him. You know, he makes these great plays, these wow plays. I mean, we saw it when he, you know, played the Falcons. But then he just makes those, you know, interceptions. And it's just got to be, you know, you throw your hand against your forehead type of moments. Well, the three years. His his mini-me, Jameis Winston. (laughs) (laughs) You know know what? I'm not even going to, like, I'll say this about Jameis. He drives me nuts, too, because he's so good. Yet he, he, it's almost like he has too much faith in his arm sometimes, mm-hmm. and um, he just makes some crazy decisions. But then he yeah. can make some other plays where you go, you get out of your seat and you're going, "What just happened?" So I in tell the three you years what? I've been here, outside the last time, they, the last week, you know, when they lost, uh, all the games have been close. Mm-hmm. And, and you know, Tampa Bay's. They've not, got. I tell you. I tell you what. In five years of covering this team and seeing two Falcons-Buccaneers games a year, Bruce Arians has this Buccaneers team headed in the right direction, and Todd Bowles is is doing really well with that defense. And, you know, they, they've got some pieces that they need to add in the secondary, but what Todd Bowles has done with those players up front and those and the linebackers they have, Tampa's headed in the right direction, in my Big opinion. Big news for them, too, is Mike Evans got hurt today. Um, hurt his hamstring. He, May not play next week, but yeah. uh, Kelsey, any thoughts on the 49ers? Oh, I have a lot of thoughts. I think I think the 49ers are the most complete team in the NFC, uh, offensively and defensively. And I can't wait. I, you know, as a football fan, I I geek out watching Kyle Shanahan's scheme because I just think and knowing Kyle Shanahan and how uh, much attention to detail and mm-hmm. how much uh, work he put in when he was the Falcons' offensive coordinator. A, it's really awesome to see him succeed, yep. but just as a football fan, it's it's really amazing to watch just kind of the attention to detail in his scheme and the fact that with 49ers, I feel like we have to talk about the fact that Mike Person, yep. Daniel, Brus- Brunskill. Daniel Brunskill, and Ben Garland, all three former players for the Falcons, Daniel Brunskill on the practice squad last year for the Falcons, have all at some point started for the 49ers and – they haven't missed a beat out mm-hmm. there, and it just is a testament to the way Kyle Shanahan coaches those guys up and how strong his running scheme is. And they have a couple coaches on staff who were on the Falcons staff when they went to the Super Bowl. Bobby yeah. Turner, the running backs coach, Mike McDaniels, um, Michael Floor. I think there's going to be a lot of familiarity for the Falcons defense, which is going to be good because DQ and those coaches are going to know exactly kind of what Kyle wants to do. But the difference is, is the 49ers now have the players to execute it. And I think the Falcons are going to have to play really, really well on offense and defense to even, you know, be in a game with the 49ers. Yeah. The, you know, again, the Niners did give up almost 50 points today, but it was to Drew Brees mm-hmm. and it w- was in that dome. And really, it looked like they were going to lose that game uh, until Kittle makes the big play in the face mask call to set up mm-hmm. what ended up being the game-winning field goal yeah. uh, by Gould. But uh, they very well could have lost today, too. We but those are the top Kittle. two teams in the NFC, no doubt. De- Devondre Campbell's going to got to strap it up and be ready to play next week. I mean, George Kittle brings it every single week, and that'll be a really fun matchup to watch. I yeah, he's he's – Probably, I think one of them. Now that Gronk is the, out of the league, yeah, he's probably, he's probably the best tight end. He and in, in the he and, you know Zach Ertz, Travis Kelsey, probably one, two, and three for. Well, me. I think and he's. I think he's the uh, best Austin. because. <laughs> He's a run blocker, too. He's so solid in the run game that I think, you know, obviously Travis Kelsey, Cincinnati Bearcat, I, you know, have the utmost respect for. But I think George oh Kittle's the most all-around 
uh, talented tight end, but I think more so than the defensive needing to play really well against that 49ers offense, yeah. Falcons can't settle for field goals against the 49ers and think they're going to be in a game. And uh, there were a couple drives today where I felt like the Falcons left some points on the board. I agree. All right, guys. That's, that's I think weird that's to say great, on a day they scored I know. 40. But. Yeah, I know, that is I know. weird. Um, that all said, I think that's a great place to, to wrap this one. Yep. And uh, good job, guys, and good job, Falcons, and have a good night. Thanks for listening, everybody. Thanks for uh, listening. Subscribe, rate, and review.